0: Welcome to SonaCast, a podcast from the team at Sona Nanotech Inc. Sona's unique gold nanorods will power next-generation diagnostic devices and medical applications. In every podcast, we seek to learn more about our industry with expert insight and special guests. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of SonaCast, and this week we're myth-busting. We've got Sona CEO Darren Rolls to correct some commonly held misconceptions about lateral flow technology from labels and samples to multiplexing and market size. Hello, I'm Darren Evans, Sona's Head of Communications, and I'm here with Darren Rolls, Sona's CEO and President. And today we're going to be busting some myths around lateral flow technology. Um, and there's lots of things that people say or perceptions that people have about lateral flow which are no longer true or have never been true. Um, so I thought that we could perhaps talk through some of those myths today and um, why they are indeed myths. So let's uh, kick off with the first one then, the one that you hear quite a lot from people who aren't necessarily too familiar with how lateral flow works—that um, it's an old or outdated technology. Darren, why is that a myth?
1: Well, I mean, it, I mean, it's not a myth in terms of it's old because it is. It's it's been around. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of Since the early 90s, uh, well, late 80s, early 90s was when the first lateral flow test really came to market, you know, a HCG pregnancy test, but outdated, I mean, no way is it outdated technology. In fact, you know, it's only grown and continues to grow over that period of time there's there's lots of people talking in the industry you know it 's quite funny when i've talked to lots of people in the diagnostic space over the last fifteen years, and they said, Oh, yeah, lateral flows dead it's going to you know it'll, it'll disappear in a couple of years um you know and actually, then I kind of see them a few years later and with a smile on my face and say. Well, I thought you you'd predicted the demise of this, and it's continuing to grow, and it's only continuing to grow. Um, yeah, so, so I think obviously people make those predictions, not necessarily looking at the you know not being not being really in the industry. They typically tend to be in the uh, in the kind of other arms of diagnostics industry, like molecular diagnostics and so on, and, and genome sequencing, of which obviously they are all growing as well. But um, you know, the lateral flow space is certainly growing. You know, the it's kind of it's simple tech and I think that's why people think it's old but even in its simplicity it's still a lot of technical knowledge that needs to go into creating a really mm-hmm. robust um, you know usable test um, you know, so and, and as well over that period of time but, you know the, the industry hasn't stood still it hasn't doesn't remained oh okay it's XYZ materials and that's it it's continued to create new ones um, you know the, the, um, the abundance of different labels that can you can use nowadays um, and I know we're going, to look, we're going to talk about that a little bit later as one of the other myths, so I won't go into too much detail now. But, you know, everything from labels to membranes and cassette housings and so on. Um, so, you know, it's continued to advance and not just the simple, everything from a single strip uh, line format to now multiplexing, you uh, know, using different reagents and reader systems and everything else.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's talk about labels and because you've mentioned them. Um, that is one of the other... Uh, frequently heard things that there are a few label options available and people may just think of one or two with colloidal gold perhaps being the one that immediately comes to mind but actually well why is that a myth?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you ask people like 10, 15 years ago, the, the one that actually, the label that did come to mind would be a latex particle, you know, um, and everybody tends to know the clear blue pregnancy assays, and that's why it was called clear blue, because it used a blue-dyed uh, polystyrene bead, actually, as opposed to latex. Um, but then, you know, gold nanoparticles, so colloidal gold was introduced uh, early 2000s, um, you know, and, a, and a, you know, a, a much i guess a much more ubiquitous and much more easier product to use um you know so it kind of swept the board across all lateral flow tests but again everybody thought well you know they tend to be starting points for everyone but then you know over the last probably five or six years a huge huge um, explosion of different materials that you can use now everything from different types of colloidal goals so not just you know red spherical particles but um, you know, nano rods, for example, of different sizes, different lengths, so therefore give different optical properties, so different colors. So you can have now a blue-colored um, gold-based label, which is a much easier system to use rather than a, you know, a polystyrene latex bead. Um, you know, and, then, and that's kind of evolved as well you know, into nano-cages and nano-shells. Um, you know, then, then there's another a group of materials around fluorescent particles. So things like um, up converting fluorophores, um, you know, uh, fluorescent dyed polystyrene beads, you know, magnetic particles. So there's this huge array now um, of materials available for for developers to utilize. Um, so yeah, you know, and then there's I mean some of the other kind of things around paramagnetic and enzo- enzymatic reagents as well can be introduced, but they're very much on a very specialized kind of area. But again, it's still available to be used.
0: Okay. Um, Another one then is that a lot of people might think that the tests are either urine-based or blood-based, depending on the tests that they've perhaps personally encountered. But why is that a myth?
1: Well, I think, you know, when you ask or when you talk to any kind of potential patient or whatever, you know, you think what what are the kind of bodily fluids that are readily available to to kind of access? And obviously, um, urine, uh, especially for pregnancy tests and, um, you know, on blood based assays. Now, I mean, even blood based assays, uh, you know, this. Typically whole blood, which is everything, including your red blood cells, um, which you would typically take from, um, you know, from from venous or capillary, or your finger prick sticks, um, or you can actually just have um, your serum, blood serum as well, which is when you what typically happens is people incorporate a blood separation pad within the device or in a, in the sample prep, and um, you know, kind of uh, uh, you know remove the red blood cells, um, so you've just got the serum part of it as well it just makes the, the process flow um yeah so they're the two natural kind of materials you'd go to but when you think of it if you take a step back and think of all the body flu- bodily fluids available to people um you know there's everything from sweat uh, you know to tears which is a very kind of new area especially around eye diseases and so on um yeah and then yeah, cause some of the some of the harder to process materials I guess. So uh, you know, if you look at stool samples, um, you know, and then spinal fluid, you know. Um, and they're just human based stuff and then you can translate the whole thing to animals and then similar kind of materials can come from animals as well. And then when you start looking at um, your know, food, for example, you know, you, you make up um your know, swabs swabs where um, poultry or beef may, may have been, um, you know, to everything from maybe a piece of that material, you know, crushed up and, and made into a solution. Uh, you know, so plant-based material, meat-based materials, um, and then you know, kind of in the, in other areas where you're trying to detect like white powders, for example, you know, unknown unknown traces of materials. You know, everything from narcotics to um, you know, kind of uh, bomb-making materials. So there's a there's a huge amount of stuff that can be done. Um, and, and used and detected um, so but it's typically the sample prep side of things is what um, helps process uh, you know that test then into a into a usable one
0: right you can only use one test for one sample why is that no longer true
1: um well the advent of multiplex and obviously um you know you, you can as as a, multiple people have said before you can do it in a couple of different ways you can put um, multiple strips all in one cassette um, and if you've got enough sample there so um, if you know, for urine for example you can get a lot of that you can you can do multiple additions so multiple sample editions and you can just run three or four strips all on one cassette test um, you're looking for different analytes or you know, if you if you are limited in your sample so if, for example if you've got a you know a Capillary blood. Um, you, know, you typically get twenty to forty microliters from any one one finger prick. Um, you know, so if you've got three or four analytes all on one strip, then you know you can run, you can run your test strip and, and detect multiple analytes. So um, you know, so gone are the days I think where you just use one test for one sample.
0: Okay. Um, the size of the market. Um, some people think that lateral flow is obviously a a small niche market with a very small market segment why is that a myth
1: well i think people perceive it as a niche because they don't really know about it and anything you don't know about is a niche right (laughs) um you know it's not in the it's not in the grand public eye um you know but but the diagnostic space is a is a massive market and lateral flow is a part of that um and it's huge it's actually it's it's, it's billions of dollars um every year uh, and it's growing um when i first came into this you know the, the typical market side was maybe around two billion dollars um you know by you know next two three years it's going to be you know well over eight billion dollars i mean that's that's a huge amount of growth um you know i think this you know back in 2017 it was around you know five and a half billion dollars um so you know so just in that kind of five year period it's going to go from five and a half to eight billion it's nearly going to double you know over that time and it's uh, you know such a and that's like a huge huge market um, you know for considering it's a niche market in inverted commerce, and not a huge amount of people play in that market so mm. um, there's lots of opportunity within that market for sure
0: and of course a huge number of tests are produced a year as well
1: yeah i mean uh you know it's uh, over a billion tests made last year you know predicted to increase easily to two billion over the next couple of years um you know so so again it's it's the, the, the growth levels are you know, c- certainly exciting. Um, personally, I think the, that number of devices made on an annual basis can, can go way beyond 2 billion, especially um, as we move towards the, this over-the-counter market um, you know, and a wider consumer consumption of these tests and the availability of these tests. I can see it easily doubling that over the next few years as well.
0: Okay, and finally, um, maybe not so much a myth, but uh, maybe a, a bit of advice when companies think that uh, they can just launch and succeed on their own in this business. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's a lot of new entrants coming into the marketplace. Um, you know, so, they, so, obviously, they've got these grand visions of being able to create a test and put it to market, um, which is fantastic, um, but I guess the advice um, would be... Uh, not to do that uh, simply there's there's lots of people in this um, arena that's got a huge amount of experience the amount of technology that's required to go into developing a test that's robust reliable and reproducible you know everything from your know, basic materials all the way through to you know a, a decent reader system um, you know and a regulatory compliance and the manufacturing um, yeah, so it, there's lots of companies established to be able to you know um, Help you in this journey, because so certainly you know around collaborations. Collaboration is the key to success, really. You know, collaborate with people. Lots of companies offer this quote end-to-end service. It's whether you want to choose to put all your eggs in one basket. In reality, there's probably multiple companies out there that specialize in certain areas. Whether it's materials or services that can help you in a much better way, rather than a, a full end-to-end service, um, you know. So make sure that you look around, make sure you talk to all the right partners, come to events like the Lateral Flow seminar, um, you know, and some of the industry uh, events that we attend as well, um, and talk to those partners because, as you say, they, the collaboration is the key, um, you know, and that's what we want to be t- to be successful. And you know, that's Sona's mantra. We're all about collaboration here at Sona. Um, You're know, creating partnerships so both companies can win um, and deliver tests that consumers will ultimately benefit.
0: Excellent stuff, Darren. Thanks ever so much for joining us today. No problem. Thanks, Darren. That's all from Sonacast this week. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. Also, make sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date with all the latest news and analysis from Team Sona. On Twitter at Sona Nanotech, on LinkedIn. Just search for Sona Nanotech Inc. And on Instagram, Sona underscore Nanotech. Team Sona will be attending various industry events throughout 2019, including the Lateral Flow Course in San Diego, Medica in Dusseldorf, and AACC in Anaheim, where we will be recording future podcasts. If you'd like to be one of our special guests, get in touch with us through any of our social media channels. Also, we would love to get your feedback on Sonacast, so please get in touch to let us know what you think, or if you have any ideas for future guests or content.